What's going on? Welcome back to the channel. I'm Ron, and if you're new here, I go over all things basketball, football, a little bit of UFC. So if you're a sports fan, just like me, and you're not into just one thing, make sure you go down below and subscribe. But today is a good fucking day, man. Or er, today when I'm filming this, on Wednesday, opening day of college basketball. But this video is probably going to be up by tomorrow, which is Thursday. So you guys will be seeing this on Thanksgiving. And that's going to be the, the official tip-off of college basketball to me. We got all these sort of nonsense games today. Like the best game on the slate is UCLA versus San Diego State. But tomorrow we got Gonzaga versus Kansas. And to me, that is the official tip off of college basketball season. You guys know on this channel, I go over football, fantasy football, all that. But the most fun sport to watch and bet on has to be college basketball. March Madness, it just hits different. It hits different. That's all it is. Something about college basketball, the pageantry, the, the buzzer beaters, there's just... There's a different energy around college basketball. And that's what makes it so fun to watch and so fun to cover. And there's a lot more randomness going on. There's a lot more exciting plays going on. It's just, it's a special sport. It's probably my most fun to watch, but I don't cover it on the same level. In football, you can name me any team. I could probably name you all 11 starters, probably even tell you a lot of the guys drafted on that team. For college basketball, they go 350 teams deep. I'm not as in-depth as it, but in terms of throwing a game on in the middle of March and watching a Pac-12 game, there's nothing like it. Now, this early in the season, one of the most fun things to bet on is going to be championship teams, final four teams, and conference champions. These are going to be team futures. That's what we're going to go into today. Damn. 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 Topping is showtime. It's box office. In the open court, watching them dunk. I get it. But how many forwards can you have if you're the New York Knicks? You got college basketball. Let's go. She wanna take me home, lay me up inside of home. She wanna turn me on, breakfast in the morning. Before I get into my actual bets, let's let's break down futures in general. All of the odds I I got for these bets are gonna be from DraftKings. And let me tell you guys, when I'm bet on a future at this point in season, remember, right now it's November. It's about to, it's Thanksgiving when you guys see this probably, if not, then Black Friday. When I bet on futures, I'm not betting anything less than plus 1,000, which is $1 to win 10. If I'm not 10xing my money or more, I'm not taking that bet because it's it's literally November. The, the, the championship, conference, tournaments, all that don't happen until March. So if you take anything like that, like if you bet on Villanova to win the Big East at minus 109 and you bet 100 to make 100, and you're, only, you're letting that money sit for four months for a two times payout, you might as well just open up a 401k. You might as well just put the gambling to the side, go get a mutual fund. If you want to let money sit for that long, big boy money, and you want, and it's not a long shot, you might as well just take out a loan or some shit. This, these are long shot bets, they're fun bets, and they're the ones that get you the most value. If you bet a team like the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, you're not getting a lot of value on them, but me and the offseason, the one team I really liked, I wish I made a video for you guys about it, but I bet on the Packers plus 3,900, in the offseason to win the Super Bowl, right now they're sitting at plus 1,200. So that's like a three times value over the last three months. And that's what you're gonna see in college basketball. I did the same thing with Seton Hall. You know, they had Miles Powell, hella drippy. It was kind of a homer pick because Prudential is down the road for me, but I got them at plus 6,300. And then towards the tournament, they were they were closing around plus 1,000, plus 1,500. So you get you get value and it. It gives you, it pretty much as the season goes on, you, you can track these, these futures. You can see if they accrue value, if they lose value. And at the end of the day, we just want to see the, the futures keep climbing up in value, climbing up in value. And then when the tournament comes, you hope that one of them pays out. Now, last year, they, they gave me blue balls on that. I didn't get to see any of my futures pan out. I had a bunch lined up. I had some juicy ones, Ian Hall, Michigan State, Maryland. 
I had a lot, a lot of juicy ones that I didn't get to see pan out. Hopefully this year we get a full postseason. We get the full NCAA tournament experience. And that's what we're hoping for with these futures. And today we're going to hop into the conference winners first. So when you're predicting who's going to win a conference, you want one of those conferences that are wide open. For the conference winners in this video, we're only attacking the Big Ten. Because in the, the Big East, you have it's going to be Villanova, Creighton, SEC. You're going to have Kentucky or Tennessee. Big 12, you're going to have Kansas or Baylor. And then the ACC and Pac-12 are a little bit tricky, but I don't see anybody over plus 1,000 actually winning those, those tournaments. They're very top-heavy. Like in the ACC, you have Florida State, uh, Louisville, North Carolina, Virginia, and then Duke. So those are the five. And then past that, you have teams like Clemson and Boston College and Pitt and Miami. And there's a big drop-off. And then same thing in Pac-12. You have Oregon, UCLA, USC, Arizona State. Maybe it's like a, like a Stanford, and then after that, it falls off to teams like Oregon State, Colorado, like ugly teams like that. But the Big Ten, it's super deep, and it's not it's not super stacked at the top. Now, when we look at what DraftKings or Vegas has them at, they have the big four as Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Michigan State as their top four contenders. Then there's a steep fall off. That's when you get to, to Michigan, Ohio State at plus 1,000, plus 1,100. And to me, because those top four teams aren't super title contenders like a Gonzaga or a Baylor, Kansas. I don't see them that way. And that's why I think there's value in the Big Ten because there isn't that one dominant team like a Villanova or a Kentucky. This is a this is a conference that's wide open. It's wide open every year, especially since Michigan State has fallen off a little bit. And now I'm going to put you guys on to the Ken Palm rankings. Everybody, we got it. If you're going to bet on college basketball this year, you have to get in tune with the Ken Palm rankings. I hold the Ken Palm rankings like a Bible. It's very, it's a holy, it's a holy ranking system. It's a guy named Ken, I don't even know his name, Ken Pomeroy, something like that. He's a, a meteorologist, but he comes out with these college basketball rankings that are all uh, numbers analytical based. And they they use strictly stats and it's not a, a narrative kind of thing like the top 25 polls are. It's much more an accurate representation of how good these teams actually are. And when you look at it, there's not much separating the top four from the next five in the Big Ten. When you look at the Ken Palm rankings, there's there's two tiers, I'd say. There's Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Iowa, Michigan, and Illinois all jumbled together. And then you have another drop-off into Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, and Minnesota. And that's why my first future for the conference order is going to be Ohio State in the Big Ten. Vegas thinks that Ohio State is just a football team. I know that the football season is going on right now. I know Justin Fields over there at Ohio State. But Ohio State, the basketball team's... They're, they're legit and they've been legit for the last few years, man. Ohio State, they, they were the number two team on Kempom. And at plus 1,000 when you're getting them in the same, in, in, in the range past that top four, even though the Kempom rankings have them in that exact tier, that's great value at plus 1,000. Chris Holtman, their coach is great. He's had seven straight 20-win seasons now between Car Gardner, Webb, Butler, Ohio State. They had a good season on Kempom. They, they finished eighth. They were top 20 in offense and defense. This is a team they beat Kentucky, Villanova, North Carolina, I know North Carolina, they were asked last year, but that's still a decent win for a team like Ohio State. And even though they were 10-1 in non-conference play and 16-2 and at home, they only finished six in the Big Ten. This is a, the Big Ten, they cannibalize each other. It's it's a close league. There were only, I think, like four teams above 500 in the league or four teams better than over one game or one game over 500. I, I know that's a lot to break down. Let me say it one more time. Four teams better than one game over 500. So outside of those top four, everybody was either 11 and nine or worse. So that just goes to show the Big Ten is wide open. This is a great team. They still only finished six in the Big Ten. I think that that's gonna kind of swing on the other way of the pendulum this year. They lose their leading score in Caleb Weston, but they return a three-man core. They got CJ Walker, Dwayne Washington, Kyle Young, and 
They just got two senior transfers. I think this is going to be big for them. They got Justice Ewing and Seth Towns at a lot of length, at a lot of scoring on the perimeter. Then on top of those two transfers, they get four-star Michi Johnson. He recommits from the 2021 class to 2020. So now they get an instant four-star off the bench, exciting guard. And the X factor for this Ohio State team is going to be big man, EJ Lydell. He was a four-star last year and he's going to be the, the fill-in for Caleb Weston, Andre Weston in that power forward spot. And as a 6'6", big in high school, he averaged 3.8 blocks per game. This is a great rim protector, great player down low. I think it's going to help this Ohio State team a lot if he steps up big. And this is an old team, not a lot of freshmen in the starting lineup. I think that they only have freshmen on the bench on this team. They stop transition offense. They play good defense. They're coached by Holtman. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is a Sweet 16 Elite A type team. And that's why I'm taking them at plus 1,000 in the Big Ten. The next team in that Ken Palm tier of that top six in the Big Ten is going to be Michigan at plus 1,100. Sometimes you've got to trust the coach. I love Jawan Howard. You know, he was part of that Fab Five team at Michigan. Then he goes to the Heat, wins championships there. Even as an assistant coach, he's seen what greatness looks like. And last year, he did great in his first season as, a, as Michigan's coach. He, they had wins against Creighton, wins against Gonzaga. They finished 16th in Kempom, and they did great last season, even though they finished 9th in the Big Ten. Now, I can't stress this enough. The Big Ten is just an absolute shit show. They all cannibalize each other, and it's going to be the same this year. They, they all win at home. The, the bad teams beat the good teams. That's just how it is. The, the Michigan, like I said, they were a top 16 team in Kempom. They finished ninth in the Big Ten. We don't want to overreact to that because they finished ninth. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about be like, oh, they finished ninth. They don't have a shot at the Big Ten. No, everybody has a, a shot at the Big Ten in that top six. And the reason them being ninth last year is why we're getting value this year. We we look at that number, and I think Vegas overreacted a little bit this year. I'm I'm feel super confident about Michigan, especially because they come from a style of play where they had a one-two punch in Xavier Simpson. And John Teske is that point guard, big combo in the pick and roll. But this year, it's going to be interesting to see what Jawan Howard does. Because now this is a team built by wings. Their two best players this year are easily going to be Isaiah Livers, who's a senior, and then sophomore Franz Wagner. Two athletic, fun wings are going to play a lot of fun basketball, scoring basketball, a little bit of isolation, a little bit of stuff in transition. And Livers, he's a solid leader. He's probably going to be the, the leader of that Michigan team. He's going to score at will. And he, he, can, he can score from anywhere, the perimeter, down low. He can ISO you, and he's just a flat-out shot creator, scorer type. Where they become the winner of the Big Ten is going to be Franz Wagner. He's the X factor on this team. He's somebody I'm really excited for. He's the brother of Mo Wagner. If you know Mo Wagner, I think he got drafted by the Lakers. I think he might play for the Wizards now. He's a big. He's, he was similar to John Teske, one of those Michigan bigs that are really good. But Franz Wagner is the similar size as Mo Wagner at 6'9". But instead, he plays the fucking two guard. This is a guy who's just a freak. You don't see 6'9 shooting guards in the Big Ten. He should be playing down low, but he just has a, a blessed three-pointer. And last year, he was sick as a true freshman. He averaged 10.1 points per game in his first 20 games. Then he really heated up in his last seven, averaging 15.9 points per game. This is a guy, if he can step up, provide 16 points per game or more for this team as that second option after Isaiah Livers, and they can both contend for maybe all-conference team, maybe even one of them on the the All-American team. This is a team that not only has Big Ten aspirations, but they can make a, a run to the Final Four championship type team. Those are the two plus 1,000 teams in that first tier. Then you get to that next tier. We have teams like Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, but the team that I'm taking my, my fucking home run nice swing shot. on is going to be Indiana at plus 2,000. This is a team that I love because of the star power. Star power is what comes to mind when, with Indiana, which is weird because Indiana is not one of those teams like a Kentucky, like a Duke that gets star power, but they found a stud in Trace Jackson Davis, AKA TJD. The boy is the truth. 
And in a conference dominated by big men, he puts up 13 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, 1.8 blocks as a true freshman, led his team in all three of those categories. And he could have easily tested the NBA draft water. He could have gone and, and ran after his check, probably got drafted around late first, early second, somewhere around there. But he said, no, fuck all that. I'm trying to win a championship at Indiana. I'm trying to win here, conference championship, NBA, NCAA championship, whatever it may be. He's got unfinished business at Indiana. And I know that there are, there's only three players on the Indiana team last year that averaged 10 points per game or more. Two of them are gone. TJD is the only one left standing, but they ran a, a eight or nine deep rotation last year. Seven out of nine of those players are going to be there again. And then they also add the second best recruiting class in the Big Ten, headlined by five-star Christian Lander, another guy who recommitted from 2021, goes to the 2022 class. He's a five-star, sixth best point guard in the class. He's getting compared to De'Aaron Fox. And that's exciting for a team like Indiana. Fast guard. I think he's a lefty. He's going to be drippy on Indiana. Now, the one reason why you want to pull back is because when a guy recommits like that, it's a bit of a red flag because they're going to be a little bit younger, a little bit raw. But the reason why I'm optimistic, because they had Romeo Langford, a five-star. He was supposed to lead the team. Didn't even make the tournament. That was two years ago. But now it's different because Romeo Langford was coming to an empty team. Now you have Christian Landry who's coming to a team with TJD, who's already the main guy, main stud. He's probably going to average somewhere in the, the 18 to 20 points per game. And then you have Christian Lander, who can now be that secondary option, that third option, give you electric scoring as a five-star point guard. And that's what I like. He can be in a different role where he doesn't have to shoulder all of the workload. And he can be that secondary third option. And that's why I like Indiana, because if TJD takes that step, I'm telling you, TJD can be a first-team All-American player as a sophomore this year, and it wouldn't shock me at all. That's why I think Christian Lander is enough to push him over the top if he can also be that maybe third-team all-conference type player, maybe be on that all-freshman list. You know what I mean? This is a team who has the talent. They have that 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 Indiana, like, what, what are they? In the Indiana Hoosiers pedigree. This is a team that I'm excited for. I think they can win the Big Ten outright. Now, moving on from the Big Ten, I'm going to give you guys my final four pick. Texas at plus 1150, and I even like them to win it all at plus 5,000, but here's why. I think a lot of things are coming into place for them. In Texas, we got Shaka Smart growing out his pick. hair. And the, I think the jokes aside, I think the most important thing that Texas brings to the table is that they're going to return 12 players from last year, five of which averaged nine to 12 points per game. And I think this is going to be one of the most complete rosters in college basketball. And not only that, they add a, like I said, they add five players who averaged nine to 12 points per game last year. They're going to come out one more year. They progress in college basketball. When you get that one more year, they almost always improve do better so that's a, a core five and then they add five-star freshman greg brown the number nine player in the nation comparable to kevin knox this is an exciting team they already have a, a great five then one of those guys are going to be a six man they bring in greg brown to play as like a wing player power forward type guy a lot of athleticism on this team and they already play really good defense if there's one thing shaka smart does he plays defense he made the final four at vcu he comes to texas kind of been trash as he comes to texas and i can see people not wanting to trust him but this is a crazy this is one of the most complete teams in all of college basketball it's up there it, talent wise it's up there with teams like gonzaga and teams like duke and ken palm thinks so too that's why he has texas at number nine right now and that's why i think that they're a great value both as a final four team and championship team they have top 10 talent on paper they have a uh, a great coach in Shaka Smart. He hasn't done so recently, like I said, but they're going to play defense. And I think that this continuity with the five players that average nine to 12 points per game plus Greg Brown is going to make their offense respectable. All they need is like a top 35, top 40 offense paired with the system in Texas and the talent in Texas. And they can be a team that makes a final four run, a lead eight run, championship run. This is a legit team. 
And I, I, I just I love the Longhorns this year. This is a team that I'm gonna I'm gonna love to bet on, love to watch. And this is a team, like I said, that can win it all. Speaking of teams that can win it all, we have my championship picks. And these are the these are probably the most fun picks to bet on because outside of Gonzaga, Virginia, a couple of those top teams like Villanova, you can pretty much get anybody at plus one thousand odds, and that's where you can bet on Blue Bloods at plus one thousand or better. And that's why I'm betting Duke plus thirteen hundred to win it all. Probably my favorite long shot bet for the championship this year. I can't believe I'm higher on Duke than consensus. Usually they're like the most overhyped team in college basketball, but this year. Vegas thinks it's gonna be a down year for Duke. This is a year where they come off they come off Zion, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, go down to Vernon Carey, Cassius Stanley, Trey Jones. They underperform a little bit. None of those guys get drafted in the first round this year. And now it seems like what what's good with Duke? They're no longer this like fucking factory of of first round talent lottery picks. They're no longer the Kentucky type team that they once were. And I think that this is a lot of overreacting. We didn't have a tournament. They couldn't improve their stocks like that. And a guy like Cassius Stanley, who can't shoot the ball, is kind of a slasher. And a guy like Vernon Carey with that Jalil Okafor game, they're not NBA. They're not good fits in the NBA. It was never a question of talent. It was just a. It's really just a question of their scheme fit in the NBA. But Vegas, they're gonna they're gonna sort of convince themselves that this is a team where Duke. They're on the downswing of things right now. Maybe Coach K is rebuilding. But to me, I think that this is one of the greatest. I think there's one of the better Duke teams in recent years. And, and Ken Palm agrees. He has them at number two right now. And the reason why is because it's a mix of their recruiting class and their sophomores. They bring back Wendell Moore, who was the 30th best recruit in his class, like a fringe five-star. He's a wing defensive type player. And he's going to lock up opposing players and he's going to play off the ball. That's what's important. He's an off the ball player. Then you have Matthew Hurt, another off the ball player. He's a stretch four. He was a the 12th best player in his class, five-star recruit. He probably could have declared if he wanted to but Matthew Hurt he's gonna be that that white boy everybody hates like a JJ Reddick Christian Leitner he's that next one up and coming if he stays till he's a senior he's a stretch four with a smooth as fuck jumper shoots the fuck out of the basketball 39.4 percent from three as a big man and he's just this guy who's gonna stretch it out he's gonna sit in the corner he's gonna get rebounds here and there and he's a guy who's perfect for ball dominant players these are two pieces who are now sophomores top recruits in their class who aren't going to be players on the ball. So what that does is it opens up usage and and possessions and dribbles for the upcoming freshmen who are coming in. Five stars, Jeremy Roach and Jalen Johnson. This is how you get the next great Duke team. I really like how they match up with Duke's history. You have Jeremy Roach who's a five-star point guard. I think he can be like that Trey or Tyus Jones type player. He plays well in transition, plays well in pick and roll. But the, the X factor is after that five-star point guard, Jalen Johnson's the X factor for this team. I really like his fit these these long wings he, he's a he's a wing player kind of has a, a game like paul pierce a game like rj barrett jason tatum jabari parker uh brandon ingram those are all guys from duke not paul pierce those are the four of those guys are from duke coach k has had great success with all of them i think that jalen johnson's the next one up and coming in this duke type factory and he's going to be on the ball shot creator type guy jeremy roach is going to be on the ball pick and roll type guy and there's plenty of dribbles to go around because the two sophomores that are coming back from last year are off the ball players. You got guys like Goldwire coming off the bench, who's a great three and D guy. There's a lot of there's a lot of role players who are really good that are championship type pieces, if that makes sense. So that's why I really like this team. They were top five in Kempom last year. Kempom has them at number two this year, and you can't sleep on Coach K. Do not do not ever sleep on that boy, Coach K. So Vegas wants to sleep on them and have them as like their eleventh. Uh, most likely team to win the championship when they're probably more like top five, top four. Fine. That's when we're taking that plus 1300. I guarantee you by the time we get towards tournament, 
the that number plus or 200 is going to come down to like plus 400 plus 500 i guarantee it with duke we're taking another blue blood we're taking kansas at plus 1100 and the reason why i'm taking kansas and duke is when you look at ken palm i think there's a clear top five tier of teams to me clear title contenders we have gonzaga duke baylor villanova and kansas those are my five i think are stud teams any one of them could win the championship and that's why when you look at duke and kansas the only teams in there that are outside of plus 1000 that's why you have to jump on that value and I think that, like Duke, when you have the, the draft type kind of slow things down, I think it, with Kansas, we're seeing their hype slow down because of Baylor. Baylor, super hot last year, could have won it all last year, and they're, they're going to be great this year again. But I think the shine of Baylor and them kind of being 1A to Kansas 1B in the Big 12 is what kind of contributes to Kansas being a little bit lower consensus-wise in terms of Vegas. Now, to me, Kansas and Baylor, I think you flip a coin who's better in that Big 12, but I think that people are overreacting on Baylor and they're overreacting on Kansas losing Yudoka Azabuki, Devin Dotson, but I trust Kansas too much to think that they're going to fall. DraftKings has them at plus 1,100 outside of like the top seven teams to win the championship, and I think that that's, you just can't count out a team like Kansas or a team like Duke. With Kansas, they're a blue blood. They return three starters, and you have to trust Bill Self. You have to trust the system. He's returning three starters this year, and Marcus Garrett, his senior guard, is going to be that Frank Mason, Devontae Graham type guy that he always has. And it's going to be a little bit more defensive than it is offensive, but he has that senior leader on the team. Then you bring in five-star Bryce Thompson running the point, who's going to be kind of like their Devon Dotson two years ago. Kansas done a good job recruiting recently. This is a team that was dominant last year, but they didn't lose enough to me to be outside the top five trust the blue bloods trust bill self trust the recruiting the system he always has a great team and he's number five on the kempom ranking so i'm just going to trust that at plus 1100 and send that bet now the team i'm most excited to watch this year is going to be texas tech i bet on them to win it all at plus 2500 and this is a team that's known for their defense chris beard has elite defenses he had one when he made the final four run the other year and they bring in Ball is Life, Mixtape, Sweetheart, Drip God, Mac McClung. He put up 15.7 points a game as a sophomore at Georgetown. He comes to Texas Tech, and I think he's either going to be a starter or he could even he could even be an energizer off the bench, but he's going to hover around that 15 points per game spot on a team that's super defensive, super defensive-minded and oriented, and that's what you want. You want a player who's more offensive-oriented in that scheme because it's going to bring a different aspect to that team than we've seen in the last few years. Now they lose their top scorers and David Moretti and Jamius Ramsey, but Chris Beard, he always has a great solid depth and system going on. And then he has that one stud who has like NBA draft prospects. And that was Jamius Ramsey last year. Then you had Jarrett Culver the year before who went to the Timberwolves, I think. Now he's getting Namari Burnett, a top 35 freshman. And that's like, they're kind of passing the baton to each other. Namari Burnett's going to be that guy. You couple that with the players they already have. Then you couple that with Mac McClung, who's going to bring a different type of feel, offensive pressure to this team. Now, this, this is a special team, number six in Kempom, but they're as far as number 14 on DraftKings. That's why we're taking that value. Vegas doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mac McClung's going to ball out. Namari Burnett's going to ball out. This is a team that plays defense. Chris Beard's a winning coach. And when you factor in the experience and the talent, I think they can make another Final Four run. In the year when they made the Final Four run, they had a top 25 offense. The defense is always a given if the offense is going to push them to that next level. And this year, they have that offense. Texas Tech is going to be a scary good team this year. If you made it this far in the video, make sure you go down below and subscribe. Leave a like, comment, especially if you're as excited for college basketball as I am. Also, if you have any uh, recommendations for college basketball videos you want me to make in the future, whether that's breaking down the, the slate for the upcoming week or anything like that, I'd love to hop on and talk more college basketball. I thought that the talking about futures would be an easy way to introduce it on the channel. It's the first college basketball video. Make sure you blow it up down below in the likes and the comments. 
and expect, well, I'm going to have this video out on Thursday or Friday. I'm going to have plenty of football content coming out this week too. We're going to have a mock draft. I'm going to do maybe even hop on a live stream. Look out for the live stream on Friday morning. I want to do a live stream where we talk about the Thursday games, like the three Thanksgiving games, a little bit of a recap, Q&A, trade questions for the fantasy football side of things. I might even come out with an NFL mock draft, like a midseason mock draft somewhere around Saturday. A lot of content coming up this upcoming week because I got off of school and it's going to be a fun week. Let me know. Uh, if you guys got any recommendations for fantasy football videos in the future, because right now trade videos aren't really popping that much because, you know, we got the, the trade deadline in most leagues was about to come up. Then you got waivers, which if there's not a juicy guy in the waivers, I'll, I'll usually say that on my Twitter at Ron Stewart underscore. So let me know if you guys want any videos coming out. I'm thinking about making a discord chat for you guys. I'm thinking about uh, live streaming a little bit more. So a lot of stuff upcoming in the works. Just make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hang on tight. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one. Sheesh. I be wildin' out, chopsticks, mopsticks, all in my mama couch, babe, with the apes, I been strangling snakes, how about the Batmobile, I'm Bruce Wayne, and some masons, all mud in my kidneys, my plug is a gypsy, this a fully automatic, I let my kids hold the semis ass, God is my witness, I did mud walked in Christians, these little n****s on my image.